Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our series of When Life Happens. Today I'm joined with Dr. Jean Otto, who is a clinical psychologist in the South Bay, LA area. And today we're talking about divorce. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a brave soul to share your story. Yeah, no worries. I hope it can help somebody. Some of these topics have been great things and some of them have been hard things and every, but it's vulnerable across the board. So I appreciate it for sure. Why don't you share a little bit about your practice? What do you do and how long have you been practiced for? Um, Okay. So I treat individuals and couples and teens Mm -hmm. and I do depression and anxiety and uh, relationship issues, obviously a little bit of trauma. And um, I also do something called CogMed. So I do, I do some testing, um, some for ADHD or learning disabilities, and CogMed is a program that's geared towards helping people improve their working memory, which is the core deficit in ADHD. Cool. So, yeah. How long have you been in practice for? Um, I was licensed in 97, but before that I was a registered psychologist, and I've had like three different practices starting in 87, I guess, while I was in grad school and stuff. I had young kids, so I took a slow road towards licensure. That's the beauty of private practice. You get to take whatever road you want, yeah. and whatever fits. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what your practice was like when you were married and, okay. and then where the divorce kind of fit in there. Okay. In that timeline. Okay. Um, well, I had a, private practice on and off for years, but, you know, um, I was really more of a stay-at-home mom for a time, Mm -hmm. and then I'd go back and uh, go to work for maybe 20 hours a week, and for years, I did psychological testing where I would go in and test a child, bring the data home, and write everything from home, so my kids weren't really even aware that I was working, so that, that worked out great while they were little. And then uh, a while later, I had a practice in Long Beach, and I was there just two days a week. And then I amped it up and added my Palos Verdes office, which is where I am now, the other two days a week. Um, But then my mom got sick, and she's on the East Coast. Hmm. So I dropped the Long Beach one and kind of rearranged my schedule so that I could fly home for long weekends if I needed to help take care of her. Hmm. Um, That's kind of never really materialized, but... At the time of my divorce, I had only had two days in that one practice. So it was really just part-time. And when it kind of hit the fan, it was like, oh, no, now money's an issue. And so I need to really ramp up and and start over with this. Mm. How long ago was that? Um, Well, five years ago. Yeah, Mm. five years ago. What was it like before the divorce? knowing that maybe things were going to shift for you and you're struggling in your relationship to be seeing clients. It's an issue that comes up a lot with people I I talk to. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, Okay. So about a year before I left, 
um, you know, I sat down with my ex and I said, well, now ex, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, things really aren't working. We're growing apart. We either need to invest in this marriage and start doing some things together and fix this, or we should look at maybe it's time to call it a day. And I mean, we've been, we, mar we were married for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and so at that time, instead of him really investing in it and trying, I could feel him sort of pulling away. And so from there, I realized I really have to start being a little more independent with things in terms of my own fulfillment and where I'm going to go with my life goals. And that included my practice, really. So I kind of had a little bit of a heads up where this was going. And by the time um, we were considering divorce, we obviously went into marital therapy. And when that didn't work, it was like, a solid like okay now you just need to put yourself first rather than you know being you know part of a family where generally speaking I put the needs of my family ahead of myself and my practice had been secondary mm -hmm. so I really had to swap that mm. so I kind of lost track of your question no did it's I okay it no so when you're well yes you did in part but when you're going through that are we staying together are we working this out are we not and then you're still showing up for clients. Yeah. Did it impact you or was it like a respite of like, okay, now I can focus on someone else's stuff? Or did you find that it impacted you in your work? Like maybe you had to make changes to your schedule yeah. or who you could see, those kinds of things. Yes, okay. Well, so after I left, yes, when I was starting to go through the divorce, it, it changed tremendously. In part, um, you know, it, it was really traumatic for me. And mm -hmm. so, you know, going through my own issues of anxiety and depression and being very aware that I don't want this to spill over into my practice. So I stopped seeing couples, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, and um, one of the other things I, that really helped was that basically I was sort of sublimating everything. And, it, and it's exactly what you said. It's sort of a distraction and you throw yourself into what it is your clients are going through and it's a respite. And then after you leave for the day, everything sort of comes back. Mm. And so because when it comes back, I'm dealing with my own depression and anxiety, I really, I should have gone into therapy right away. And I didn't because I felt like if I did, I'd fall apart, which is really strange because I've heard patients say that, like I, I didn't come because I didn't think I could handle it. And, you know, and um, I was kind of doing the same thing. Like I needed to just hold it together, which, you know, for anybody going through this, the first thing you need to do is get your own therapist. Mm. Lucky for me, I had a really good support system. I have a lot of girlfriends that I could reach out to mm. and they were, they were fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, but the other thing I did was I just really had to practice a lot of self care because, you know, things were really falling apart. And the only thing I had left really was my work. So I threw everything into my work, but on those days when I wasn't there, I, you know, I started like developing other interests and stuff. Like um, I had, I moved out of my house. So I moved into a little apartment on the beach. So I got a little um, beach cruiser and I started riding on the beach every day just, you know, to release some of that anxiety through exercise. And then from there I started paddle boarding. And so I still love to paddle and it like developed into this whole love of the ocean. I mean, I've always loved the ocean, but this was like this really, it's like when they say, um, in terms of helping you with your depression and anxiety, it helps to be in nature. Mm -hmm. This was so soothing for me. And I just had, you know, enough time to be able to do that on a daily basis, like before work. And that mm -hmm. was, that was priceless. 
Mm. So find something that you love. And in that way, you can sort of keep it out of your work. Mm -hmm. You know, the more self-care that you do outside of work, the more you're not going to, you know, carry any of your own issues in, into the session. Yeah. I think too, and my experience, because in my practice, I worked with a lot of women going through divorce. It's, it sounds like you were also just trying to discover who you were now in this space as someone who's single again and who do you, what do you love and what do you want to yeah. do and what is life going to look like? You know, it's, it's an exploration because sometimes what worked before it's, it's kind of a whole new yes. chapter. Yes. And what worked before no longer served me. Like, cause one of the things I used to do a lot for my own self care when I was married was like gardening while well, I'm now in an apartment. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. But nature was always important to me. I had to get my hands in the soil and that sort of thing. And so that's why moving toward the ocean served the same purpose. But you're right about reinventing myself. And it's that, you know, during my marriage, my kids and my husband were my primary focus. And so all along the way, I sort of lost sense of who I was. Mm -hmm. And so it's a process of like discovery again. And I'm not really the same person. I can't be the same person. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of incorporating new parts of myself, which was kind of exciting. Sometimes mm -hmm. very painful and sometimes, you know, really, well, growth experience, no mm -hmm. matter what way you look at it, painful mm -hmm. or not. But I really appreciate the fact that you gave yourself permission to not see couples anymore. And some people who are going through it may be able to, but just recognizing at that's that, a form of self-care. Right. At that time, I couldn't. I now see them. Yeah. And for like a few years, I didn't. But then I kind of like, oh, okay, I've got enough distance from this that, you know. Mm -hmm. so for me to feel like sort of uh, back on an even keel, back to normal per se, and, you know, and uh, coming to grips with who I am now, it took like three years. It was mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. But my divorce was really kind of uh, protracted and it was really acrimonious. And it's probably not the typical thing that most people go through. But, you know, I left in 2013 and it became final last April. So, it was, yeah, it was a long time. So, you know, uh, all along it was like, you know, just when you start to feel like you're back on a level base, another curveball comes your way. And wow. so it was like reopening a wound or something like that. Mm. So, but after, you know, what, after I was on solid ground, then I could see couples again. Then I could, you know interact with them in a way that it's clearly I could see a little more clearly in terms of the interaction maybe and use some of my own uh past as grist for the mill mm -hmm. because I had enough distance for it mm -hmm. from it but at the time it would have been like a nightmare you know mm -hmm. and unfair for anybody really mm -hmm. so okay so one of the things that I hear a lot is how can I be a therapist and be divorced sort of this unspoken rule that like as therapists, we don't have issues. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But especially somebody that sees couples, right. it's like, well, you got divorced. So what it's like, well, okay, well I can tell you all the mistakes that lead up to it. <laughs> and I can show you where in that interactional pa pattern where you're missing it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if I had a do over, maybe I would look at this, you know? Yeah. So in some ways it's like, it gives you a heightened sensitivity to what they're going through yeah. and how to approach it and go through it because you know what all of that conflict is about. Yeah. And you know the trauma that happens to your kids. 
my kids were older, but still, you know, my son was in his sophomore year in, in college when all this started and he like started to tank seriously. Mm -hmm. And I, for a while, I wasn't even sure he was going to graduate. It was mm -hmm. tough. Mm -hmm. And you know, it kind of split our, our family. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, and that's why I think you sharing your story is so important is that when you're in the midst of the pain, it can feel quite shaming. I'm sure, especially like the storyline I hear from therapists of like, I'm a therapist. I shouldn't, you know, it's embarrassing that I'm having this issue or, yeah. but at the same time, it makes you a better clinician in the long run because Absolutely. of your, like you're saying that kind of heightened awareness. Um, and when you've gotten some distance from it, you can see things a little bit more objectively. Yeah. And, and that isn't even just in terms of um, a marriage or treating couples. It's like, I now know really what it's like to have a clinical depression. Mm -hmm. And somebody can tell you all day long, but unless you've experienced that, I mean, yeah. you, you just totally get it. Like the uh, biological changes you go through, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's incredible, really. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, in the end, I think it really made me a better clinician. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. How did it make you as a business owner? Okay. Well, see, this is my husband, my ex-husband was a, a really good provider. And mm -hmm. so whatever I did was sort of secondary, right? Like kids in private school, sock it away for retirement, but I wasn't responsible for our daily bills and everything just changed. And so I really had to start looking at it as a business. And that's when I found you guys <laughs> and thank God for you. You know, I mean, I started using the stuff from boot camp. And after I got full, I didn't get a chance to really kind of delve into it the way that I need to. And I still, I'm a work in progress. We all are. <laughs> FYI. So I know, right? I'm so appreciative for you guys being there because it really, it really made a tremendous difference. And one of the things that really helped me the best was when you said basically to just take out 12 pieces of paper and map out your monthly goals and what you want to see month to month. Well, when I started looking at what those goals were and what my actual numbers were and how I need to get there, things really started to change. You know, it just made it concrete mm -hmm. in a way that wasn't before. So. What do you think it did for you in terms of confidence? Because the way you talk about being married in private practice, you, it sounds like it's a hobby. That's exactly it. My, my, one of my office partners, Jeff Youngren, used to say, what, is this a hobby or, or are you a psychologist? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I had two days and that's all I was doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You can pack a lot in the two days, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Actually, right now, I'm like, it's full time, but it's four days. I kept my three-day weekends because I just really need those. It's like, you know, I'll just see clients back to back, but boy... I just kind of shut it off on a Thursday night. And so I have a long weekend and I don't think I could make it without that. 
Nice. So I figure I'm at a point in my life where I'm going to set it up the way I want it. And that's well, how that's I want. the whole point of this, isn't yeah, it? I know. That's <laughs> <all> right. <sighs> Was it really scary though to, well, I'll just speak to my husband is now unemployed and he's going to start his own business. And I always wanted to run my business in a way where my husband didn't have to work. Like I, I had some prideful thing about that. Like, Oh my gosh, I, yeah. You know, and now that I'm here, I'm like, I didn't really mean it. (laughs) You know, so what was it like for you to make that shift into like, no, you do have the bills and you do have all these things that it's now you, it's, it's not your husband or ex-husband, you know, what is that? What is that like? Okay. Well, I had no choice but to make that shift. You know, it was either that or I didn't have money for my little apartment rent or I couldn't eat or, you know, mm-hmm. my own office rent and that sort of thing. So, I mean, like you they could say- You could have gone and gotten a job though. Yeah. No. Okay <laughs> then. See, that's okay. Share about that. I don't, yeah. No, I don't think I could do that. I mean, I haven't done that since like the early 80s. <laughs> And I, you know, just to not be your own boss. Yeah. It's like, no, you can do this. You got to get out there and you just got to do it. You make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I never really considered that as an option. I guess, you know, if I had had to, that would have been like a safety net, but I didn't really consider it because I had uh, at least two days of a private practice and I used to have a full-time one. So I knew I could do it. You You became your safety net. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a tough process. It's still a tough process. Some days I, you know, I wonder like how long am I going to be able to do this? And, you know, and that comes back to boot camp for like, you know, alternative streams of income and stuff like that for after I retire, I want to be able to still generate an income. You know, I have to set it up so I will be able to retire, mm-hmm. you know? So, How much would you say, I mean, what would you say? to yourself now when back when you were just going through the divorce and what would you want her to know? That it's going to be all right. You know, you can trust yourself, get out there, do the best that you can and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many doubts about whether or not you'll make it or not or what's Mm going to happen to you or, you know, and then when you're struggling with depression and anxiety on top of it and the lack of a motivation or just, you know, racing thoughts and all of that, you just really lose perspective. And so to be grounded and centered in who you are, remember that and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know? How, I mean, I, I know you said that you probably had an unusual divorce, but I'm not so sure if you have because sometimes these things can really be drawn out. Yeah. How did you protect your business through that? Um, well, actually, I guess I was pretty fortunate in that way because his business was a lot more lucrative. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't want me going after his, so he wasn't going to go after mine. Mm. So at least there was like a boundary there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think it's very important to um, for anyone who is possibly going through this or about to go through it, that they seek really good counsel. Absolutely. Um, so that you do not, it's not just protecting personal assets, but it's also looking at your own business and, and those kinds of things. Also, our businesses 
sometimes our hours worked is different than someone in other kind of industries. So for example, sometimes therapists, you know, 20 clients is kind of max for them, especially if they're doing high trauma work. Right. That's actually full time. Yeah. And so there's these discussions I know with attorneys about, well, can you work more hours or you need to go right. full time? Well, I am full time. Right. You know, so getting good counsel is important, whether you do yeah. mediation or an attorney um, kind of thing. Yes. It could be drawn out and you need good support. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I had two really good attorneys and I was sort of forced into doing that because my ex went straight to Century City and just got like this hotshot attorney. So it was like, Ugh. so mm. I really, you know, I went local through people that I knew and I just found people that were basically empathic. And in, to find that in a lawyer, I mean, I don't want to be, I guess I shouldn't be stereotypical. But. <laughs> So, you know, when I kind of searched around and interviewed around, what I kept hearing about the attorneys that I chose is that they're, they're uh, lawyers' lawyers. Like, they like to settle. They work together. They'll work with you. It's not about, like, court appearances and drawing it out forever. In the end, that's kind of what happened. It got drawn out forever. But it wasn't for their, from their lack of trying, that's for mm -hmm. sure. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really important. And maybe attorneys that, you know, use therapists in their own practice, like mine did. My, my attorney, one of the other things that he did for family law was he used to do, um, he was an advocate for children. Mm. So he'd represent them in court and that sort of thing. So he had a greater understanding, I think, of what, what happens to families when, when all of this is mm -hmm. happening, you know. Can I ask something about this? Is I'm going to divert because I I just remembered I want to ask about this. Your name, that's another thing that comes up for people. Is okay. it your married name or is it, it? It is. It is, and I didn't change it back for a few reasons. Mm -hmm. um, one is because that's my son's name, mm -hmm. and I want to stay connected. Um, and the other thing is all of my degrees are in that name, and uh -huh. I don't want to change all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then that my own maiden name is kind of unusual and I never really liked it. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just something that to think about too. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is where that personal interacts with the business. Yeah. Even, even our names, you know, whether yeah. you get married or divorced or, you know, you just want to change your name. <laughs> yeah, legally. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. just curious if you had or what your thoughts had been about that. Yeah. Um, well, just because I was in such a long-standing marriage, yeah. and I'm still kind of involved with my in-laws a little bit. I'm, mm -hmm. I still consider them my family, and I spend the holidays with them and that sort of thing. So it's like I divorced my ex, but not necessarily the whole family. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So for someone who is about to begin this process... Um, you've already given some great tips. Is there anything else you want them to know or advice that you have wisdom to distill? Reach out to people. Totally reach out if you know somebody that's divorced, if you know a therapist that's divorced, because they can really help you. And just get into therapy early on. And don't forget about self-care and just beef up your support system, you know. I mean, I guess there are a lot of other things having to do if you have children at home. It's, you know, a lot more complicated and everything. And, you know, definitely don't bring your ex up in a negative light, no matter how old your kids are. I mean, don't get them caught in the middle. That's mm -hmm. sort of a timeless 
thing. It doesn't, it's not age dependent, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, just, you know, try to be as positive as you can on all levels. Mm -hmm. And, and that includes taking care of yourself and thinking the best about yourself as you try to work all of this through, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to give yourself permission to just be human and Mm -hmm. you're going to make mistakes and forgive yourself for them and just keep moving on. Mm -hmm. And I think that that humanity is what makes us good therapists. The more we're in touch with it and honest about it and um, like shedding the shame of that, yeah, the better therapists we become because there's a high divorce rate amongst therapists. There, we have a lot of divorce in our community and we need to start talking about it and supporting each other through it instead of being quiet about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Totally. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you, Jean? Um, well, I was going to suggest the next podcast for you. Oh, <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes. Because there are so many therapists that are divorced, you need to do one on therapists that are dating. I did. It comes out. Oh, you did? Yes. It's coming out uh, next week, I think. Or it just came out. Or it's next week. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch that because I need tips in that area now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, April Andel, she shares about dating and she's an online therapist. She's doing online dating and shares about like that experience and yes, we've added dating. Oh, good. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, you know what I love though, that you brought that up is that, um, the relationship dynamics in our lives never stop changing. And so part of the divorce is the relationships that follow. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I love that you're in that phase. (laughs) That's awesome. Right. But then you have to make sure that you've done the the earlier work where you don't repeat the same mistakes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, One other tip. I don't know if I have it around here. I have a book. It's called Making Divorce Work. And it's written by an attorney, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's really helpful in terms of learning how to own your own end of things. You know, you just have to take a look of everything that you brought to the situation. And so I was journaling a lot, doing the exercises in that book. And it really gave me an increased perspective about what it is that I can bring to a relationship. And I had to take a look at my own kind of codependency issues because I have a tendency to take on too much of the responsibility in a relationship and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really helpful. So oh, well, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Making divorce work. I'll put a link to it in the notes as well. Okay. Um, all right. But what's next for you in business? Um, well, there's a few different ideas that I have. Where I go next. I know I'm not really sure which way I, I still have to investigate a lot more and what I want to do, but I was, you know, thinking about possibly adding some clinicians or looking at like eBooks or something like that, or even podcasts or just like developing something new and exciting that I've never done before. So getting creative. So that's the other thing too. I think sometimes, um, that when you're in the midst of something really stressful, it's okay to just hang on. Yes. You know, and then after the storm passes, yes, we may find that we have an enlivened sense of creativity. You nailed it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I'm excited to see what comes out of (laughs) the storm now that it has passed and settled. I mean, it's been a long journey for you. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. This was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, I will put a link to your website so that people can check you out. And you guys, it's normal. This stuff happens. Let's keep talking about it. Get support. Take care of yourselves. Um, we need people who are divorced that are therapists. The world needs that. So yeah. your story does matter and there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's to work through and just be better for it. And if you guys have questions, you can post on the blog, send us a message, tag us in a Facebook or Instagram post. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Until next time. Okay. Bye. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.